Chapter 8. A Rescue Mission If a man gets lost in the mountains, hundreds will search and often two or three searchers are killed. But the next time somebody gets lost, just as many volunteers turn out. Robert Heinlein, Starship Troopers Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. It has been two days since you guys saved Tomash. Penny and Aldalar have set up a little room for him in the attic of the Beholder's Eye. They're keeping him hidden up there pretty well. They've warded it against all types of magic with anti-magic fields that face outward, basically, so that no magic can be cast through this attic. The morning after you saved Tomash, Boris and Swifty, you are sitting in the break room talking to Penny, and Penny is telling you two about what happened with Chirp and Lazy when they met the most beautiful man she had ever seen in her life named Damaros, and the little quest that they went on together. As she's telling you this, the door to the break room opens up and Aldalar enters up and he says, Ah, boys, boys, perfect. Just the two people I was looking for. Why don't you two come with me? Penny, um... I'm going to get these two on an assignment. Can you go watch the front for me, okay? And she says, of course, dear. And she leaves the room. Swifty, I'm assuming you were standing in the corner for most of this. Uh, Yeah, but at that moment, I'm going to look at Aldalar and be like, is there something going on with you and the desk lady? You hearing that? I don't know what you mean, but no. Um, we've We've constantly got other investigations open and I know that she's had a hard time with a few of them recently but I don't think she's mad at me specifically okay but you shouldn't get your honey where you get your money (laughs) (laughs) uh there don't worry there's no no need to worry about that um my relationship with Penny is nowhere near anything like Okay, you know, I didn't come in here for relationship advice from a fucking lizard man. Dragon. (laughs) Dragon man, sorry. You a lizard. I have something that I need the two of you to work on. Lizard with a beard. A friend of mine needs some of our help. Come to my office with me, and I will explain to you what's going on, okay? Come on, Boris. All right, let's go on then. Come on. I sullenly follow the two of them. Aldalar leads you uh, back into the beholder's eye back to his office and as he opens the door you see sitting behind Aldalar's desk a gnome he's a average gnome height but the thing that stands out immediately to you is that he has bright red orange hair that is dappled with streaks of white and that would tell you that he is a older gnome the red orange hair frames his face with a beard and connecting sideburns, but no mustache. He has very piercing green eyes that he, as you, as the two of you enter with Aldalar, he narrows these eyes down on you, and you can tell that he is just studying the two of you from the moment you walk in. He wears round glasses that sit just on the bridge of his nose. And as the two of you enter, Aldalar says, all right, quickly come in, come in. And he shuts the door behind you. And when he does that, you see him flip a latch at the top of the door, And as he flips this latch, Boris, you notice a line of magic suddenly appear for just a moment at the crack of this door all the way around, and then it disappears. And you can tell that this was the same kind of anti-magic that they used to seal off uh, Tomash's room. So it basically seals Aldalar's office from any 
outside ears or eye. Might be able to pry in via magical means. And as he does this, he turns back around and he says, Boys, I'd like to, you to meet one of my oldest friends. This is Horace. And you two are going to help him out. My guy just just uh, stares at them and says, Your names. Boys? My name's Boris. What's, what's... Oh, Horace. Okay. Boris is Horace. Well, I'm Boris and you're Horace. Not the, sh- not the sharpest tool, is he? I'm sorry. Boris is much more adept than he might seem when he opens his mouth sometimes. Don't don't worry about that. As he's saying that, Aldalar is elbowing Swifty in the back like, come on. I am Swifty Kills. You may call me Swifty. I assume that's your given name? I gave it to myself. That's what I thought. Okay. So yes, it was given to me by me. Mm, that's about what I what I assumed. Uh, Aldalar, can I have a word with you for a second? Oh, of course, boys. Uh, damn it. Okay, hold on. And he reaches up and he undoes that latch again and he says, okay, step outside for a second. <laughs> and he pushes you out the door. And the, so the two of you are standing in front of his door and he just closes it again and he says, hold on. I'm not sure I trust that ginger gnome, Boris. And from the outside, you hear that, <laughs> you hear that latch click again and Boris, you see that same little line of magic pop up for a second. Uh, and Aldalar turns back to you, Horace, and says, okay, okay, um... I think you know what I'm going to say. Trust me, they they know what they're doing. They can be trusted to keep their mouths shut, especially Swifty. He's very good at the subterfuge, I guess you would say. Um, he does like to kill things, but... While you're doing this, I want to try my thieves' tools on that door. Okay, give me <laughs> give me two seconds. Let me finish what he's saying. <laughs> Boris is saying, uh, quietly, under his breath, Swifty, are you sure that's a good idea? It's a good idea. (laughs) I mean, hmm. You're not curious? Well, it's just our boss shut the door on us and told us specifically not to come back inside. (laughs) I was. It's a challenge. (laughs) He's challenging us. Uh, Hmm. Back inside, Aldalar is saying, "I I know how they look, but they they're very. It's less it's less about how they look, and more about." everything else well they can do they can do a lot okay they uh boris is a very adept magician he 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 performs the fool me invisibility spell very well that sounds useful and then my guy holds up his left hand which has a ring on it oh yeah shit well he can do other magic than invisibility he's very adept with fire and um he takes orders very well that's the first good part okay and Swifty is, trust me, Swifty can get you into anywhere. He's quite good at hiding and killing people. My guy, my guy is just slowly smiling at him as he as he says this shit. I know you might not need... Okay, well, if things go south, you'll need somebody that's willing to knife somebody if, if it comes to that. But if I promise him enough gold, he'll he'll keep his nice knife sheathed. Unless he runs into something he's never killed before. Then I, I'm sorry, but all bits are off at that point. <laughs> you're you're just gonna let him have to do his thing and abandon him at that point. <laughs> does he come? Does he come with a leash? <laughs> I wish. Sometimes I wish. Ah, uh, Horace, my friend, it's it's, it's good. It, it's been so long since we'd be, we've been able to sit down and, and laugh. Oh wait, no, we need to bring them back in here. Trust me, they'll. Yeah, sure, bring them back in. I'm I'm done. I'm done fucking with them now. We can sit here for another hour. So. As this is happening, Adam, go ahead and make me a sleight of hand check. Well, psst, psst, uh, thieves tools, but damn, sleight of hand would have been better. Thieves tools puts it at twenty-two. How is your thieves tools less than your sleight of hand? Oh, did you not take expertise with your thieves tools? No, I think I took it with sleight of hand. Oh, twenty-two, you said? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, you're easily able to jiggle that lock open on the door handle, but as you try to open the door, that latch that's up top completely stops the door and you you take your thieves tools but you have you have no way to get that latch open goddamn magic but as you're fucking with that top like trying to fuck with that top latch and get it unlocked you feel it slide open you're like yes i got it i win and then the door like swings open and you almost uh make me a deck save 21 you're able to catch yourself from falling into aldalar but aldalar sees this and he says oh See, they're so good, they almost broke into my door. See, look, look, you shouldn't have doubted them at all. Come on in, boys. I told you it was a challenge, Boris. I would have been very much surprised if they had succeeded in breaking in your door, but 
that didn't happen. I would have been surprised as well. <laughs> I think if Lazy was here, she probably could have kicked it open if she tried hard enough. But Aldalar sits the two of you down and stands right in between you and says, Okay, Horace here is going to let you in on what is going on. His, his brother is missing. He needs your help getting him back. Horace is a good friend of mine. I will be paying for this. And you will both be getting a nice little bonus to keep you on track, okay? Bonus first? Bonus later. Bonus always later. You know, this this is this is why I like working with you, Adelar. You're 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 a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you remember, Swifty, it says in your contract that if you kill anyone you're not supposed to, you forfeit bonus. <laughs> Maybe. I wrote that part. <laughs> Anyways, Horace, why don't you fill these boys in? So as you know, I'm a gnome, and my brother's also a gnome. I'm sure you got that. Yes. Like I looks to the two of them. They're giving you blank stares. Okay, maybe maybe I need to use smaller words. Um. <laughs> my brother makes things, and he's good at it. Okay. And he was kidnapped by some religious nutheads. Did he have tentacles? Not, not your brother, but the nutheads. Good question. Does your brother have tentacles? That's not a good question. I, I don't I don't like tentacles. Yeah, this is generally a tentacle-free zone. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> my, guy, my guy turns to Aldlar and just shakes his head slowly. They've had... I'm sorry, the boys The boys have had bad experience with tentacles. Sorry, sorry. So we go get your brother now, eh? <laughs> yes, I've, I've definitely... No. Um... It's dangerous, and I have a way in if you want to go that way, or we can go ahead and talk to him and get in through the front door. It's your guys' call. I don't really care at this point. Yeah, so basically, Horace has gathered some information here, and from what I can tell, there's there's a community that he's being with, held within. We can't figure out exactly where in the compound that he's being held, but Horace will go along with you. This is his brother. He wants to make sure you two don't fuck this up. Good call. Uh, honestly, honestly, my brother's kind of a prick, but I don't really want to be hurt. I mean, he's family. And you're, the rest of your family probably wouldn't be too happy if you let this slide. My sister would be pissed. Yeah, that's why she sent me, but... Anyways, familial politics aside, I you guys can brothers. go in sneaky, or you can try and talk your way in. Horace here is very good at talking his way in. Yes, I'm good at that, and I'm good at the other thing. I say... We try to talk, and then when it don't works, we kill everybody. Well, well, hold on. I'd prefer if you didn't do that. Hold the law. Mass murder tends to draw pretty, you know, a lot of eyes. Hold the law. We've got some sensitive things here. Sorry, Boris. Could, One second, Boris. Could Horace convince them to drink the Kool-Aid? I mean, possibly. Boris, do you have suggestion? Do you have the good well, I was going to suggest that maybe you want to come along with us as well. <laughs> Aldlar, get out of his office. Are you serious? I haven't been able to get him to do that in the last 10 years. What the hell are you talking about? I was about to say that I have my own investigations running right now. Yeah, investigations mean sitting here drinking by yourself, but... um. And that's exactly why I'm not going with him and you two are going. <laughs> This is why I hired you assholes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you employees. Fair enough. I have too much work of my own. There's some shit stirring in this fucking city. This may be attached to it, but until you can confirm that. Look, here, side note. Why don't we go in and we talk to them? We try to get in through talking. And that way we can find out some information that might be useful to Aldalar here if they are involved in your whatever politics. I mean, saving my brother is important, but as long as we don't cause a commotion, it might be worth it. Hmm. Hmm. I so if you want to do that, you may want to send Swifty. I second that. On a yeah, I, uh, I cause side. I cause some commotions. Mission. He doesn't do well talking to people. <laughs> mm. I don't think he'd he'd do very well at good cop bad cop either. So. Just... He's chaotic evil. He's not supposed to do well. Yeah. Fuck, he's I, evil, huh? I just know your strengths. He's he's good at killing and keeping himself and others around him alive when he needs. And he's very good at sneaking into places. So 
I think it might be a good plan for you and Boris to go in through the front while m- create something of a distraction while while Swifty gets in there and either finds your brother and gets him out or finds your brother joins up with you and you can all get out of there together. Swifty. Yes. Take a look at my face. Yeah. This is what my brother looks like. Okay. You would also hey, know hey, that your hey, brother. Boys, your brother I found looks, his brother. He's yeah, right yeah. here. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I knew that was gonna happen. Yo, yo. Al, you pay me now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I win. Uh, Horace, you would know that, that your brother was a uh, typically he looks almost identical to you, but he he has a mustache along with the okay. The, so he's got a full beard. Yeah. Um. Okay. It's me. But look for me with a mustache. Okay, the Mario version. Yes. I don't understand that reference, but yes. As the three of you are kind of hashing this out, uh, Aldalar goes over to a bookshelf in the corner of his office. Do my thieves contacts stretch outside the walls of the city? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to look at Horace and Aldalar and be like, while you plan, I go find stuff out. And I'm going to go do a check with my thieves' contacts. Aldalar pulls these books down, and he opens up a couple of them and finds different maps that show the area where this community is located. And Horace, you kind of point out, I mean, these maps obviously don't have that community on them. Yeah. It seems to be something that's new. And... But you're pointing out the area where it's at and pointing out different points of entry and uh, the guard patrols that you've been able to observe and the different buildings you've been able to observe while you've been watching it. My guy basically takes out a crayon from his rep back pocket and starts drawing it in the map, basically. And while you're doing this, Swifty's kind of studying it and he, he says, okay, well, you know, he, he decides to go and check with his criminal contacts in the underworld and takes off and boris is sitting there i'm assuming studying these maps oh yeah boris likes anything that's on parchment boris as you're studying these maps you see that this is a southern area of forest that surrounds the city and you would know from the work that your family does that some of your cousins have a logging operation set up near where this community is so you think that you could possibly go over there and see if they know anything about this community that's popped up. When you bring that up, uh, Horace, you remember that you had you had gone and tried to talk to them, but they wouldn't talk to a gnome. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't talk to me. They they even they even s- saw through my disguise self. Damn it! So Horace and Boris and Aldalar are you know the three of you are sitting around studying these maps, kind of making your plan of attack and as you're doing that swifty you go out into the city and find the nearest entrance to the catacombs and start following the thieves camp to find you know the nearest place to get some information go ahead and make me a investigation check 14 so you're able to get in contact with a teenage elvish boy and he is one of the little information runners in the city urchin yeah that just kind of pass notes from one to the other. And he says that he can he can find you some information on that and takes off running. And while you're waiting for him in the catacombs, you're just kind of sitting near a an entryway. And as you're sitting there, a goblin comes walking through this entryway and kind of stops and takes a look at you and just stops dead and is like very obviously scared. What do you do? How far away from here? Him am I? About 10 feet. I'm going to step to him, just like, huh. He starts running immediately, and he's just like, <laughs> there's dragons, there's dragons in the catacombs. I sit back down in satisfaction. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> As you hear his voice trailing off down the catacombs, the elvish boy comes running back, and he says, okay, I've got the information that you need to, and he, he hands it to you. In your hand, you've got a scrap of parchment, and written on the parchment is, in this community, the eye is open. Watch out. Do not enter. <laughs> and from this, there's a couple of thieves can't symbols around this that basically tell you that this community is very dangerous. Anybody that they've tried to send in for information, you would suspect probably did not come back out with much of their life. You make your way back to the group, and I'm assuming relay this information to them that this place is bad mojo. So do you still want to go in by yourself and try to sneak around, or do you want to... Hmm. No, that had 
that has put me a little bit, I'm confident I'm not suicidal. Aldalar says, I think I've got something that can help us in this situation. Hold on a minute. And he goes into the back room of his office and he comes out with a box, wooden box with gold inlay on the top. And he opens it up and you can see that it is just full of spell scrolls. And he says, I, uh... I acquired this in one of those games of poker, and I, uh... As per the usual. I haven't really had time to look through it. There, um... I was told that there was a spell of polymorph in this, uh... In this chest somewhere. So why don't we dig through it and see if we can find it here? And as the the four of you start digging through this chest, you don't find a spell of polymorph scroll, but you do find a scroll that will turn someone into a frog rather than being a malicious spell you can turn someone into a frog and it allows them to end the spell at any moment they want so they can be a frog until they're ready to not be a frog anymore and Aldalar says okay swifty i think i have a plan i think this has to be real good bonus i think i just had an even better idea do you do you still have that rod of security is that that's that's that quarter step i see there isn't it uh, yes, that would be it. That is correct. It still works the way it used to, right? Yes, I still have my office in there. Why? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this spell that turns somebody into a frog, but um, we're just going to save it for a backup plan. I just had an even better plan. Swifty, you're going to chill in Horace's office till we need you, okay? Okay. So basically, Aldalar outlines a plan where the four or the three of you, well, the two of you, Boris and Horace are going to go and try to talk your way into this community, see what's going on, see if you can find your brother, and Swifty's going to chill in the office of Horace's rod of security. Basically, the way it works is his quarterstaff has an extra dimensional space inside of it that is an office. Yeah, and You can stay in there as long as you need to. As soon as I get... It's less of an office and more of a compound. Yeah. <laughs> it has many levels, including a spot underneath it. So, yeah, that's pretty chill. That. First, I'm going to ensure before I go into this extra dimensional space that I can choose when I leave it. Nope, it is the person controlling the staff's uh, control, basically. Triple D bonus. Okay, so, well, fine. Then here, here you go, Swifty. Here's your two options you go to the office or you're a frog in a pocket. Which one you want? <laughs> Double bonus and office. You going in the office? And double bonus. Okay. <laughs> and as soon as I get into the office, I want to do an investigation check. Oh, we'll do that when you guys get there. Okay. I don't, I don't think you, they'd need to carry you there all the way. <laughs> Side I'm saying, note, I'm not any, gonna be... any, any important documents in the office are behind magical locks. <laughs> just for you to know. I'm not just going to be idle up there. He's I'm going to be, be going curious through at the very as least. much of your shit <laughs> as he possibly can. <laughs> Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM, Andrew. Today I am here with the amazing, the awesome, the talented Don DeSilva. He played Horace, the Shadow Monk. Don, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? I hate the flattery, but sure. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, so the episodes that you did for us were fantastic. Uh, it entertained me how much you ended up taking over everything and just kind of... Everyone was in the background. <laughs> Steamrolling it. It was amazing. Uh, I can't wait for people to hear the second half of things. Anyways... I got a few questions here for you. Um, I ask these questions to everybody with a couple little changes here and there. Uh, first up, what first got you into D&D and what is your experience level? Let's see. I had a passing interest in it for years before, prior to playing. Uh, but uh, what really got me into it was a recommendation from uh, uh, my character design college professor during uh, my second semester of my freshman year. Uh okay. He recommended the Adventure Zone, which I know you're fond of. Uh, oh yeah, I back love when me it was, some Rose. Yeah, it was it was back when it was only like 15 episodes deep. Oh, nice. <laughs> so 
which kind of prompted me to give it a shot. It was about a few months later, Christine and I decided to pick up the books, and, well, um, <clears throat> really, the, my, my, my experience at this point would be, I'd say, intermediate. Uh, I know the Player's Handbook and the Dungeon, Dungeon Master's Guide, like the back of my hand, but uh, I'm not really, like, I don't know any of the modules or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's something, I'm about the same place. Uh, I've tried to get into a couple of the different, you know, like Princes, Princes of the Apocalypse and uh, those, I don't know, some of them, I'd start to get into it and I'm just like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to run this as a DM and then I'd look online and I'd find, you know, a bunch of other people saying the same thing and then all these people that have wrote their own guides on how to run you know, these different modules and it just seems like so much work. I'd rather just do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. It, just, it seems like it's better to play the thing before you DM it. So like, if you're not exactly. the DM for it, so like I just joined a game of, of, uh, of, uh, uh curse of Strahd with, with ah, some, okay. with some guys that I have no idea who they are. And it seems pretty fun so far. We haven't gotten to the hard part supposedly yet, but, uh, I'm pretty sure our paladin who is really bad is going to die. Uh, <laughs> And he's and he's literally playing uh, Gaston from uh, Beauty and the Beast. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. All the way, all the way down to the to the picture, like uh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question. Uh, why do you like playing D anD? Uh, I'm personally, I like making like builds and things and games and and other sets like that. Uh, when I first started playing D anD, it was just because. Uh, it seemed like it was fun. The roleplay aspect seemed neat. Um, <clears throat> but uh, more now, it's because it has a lot of diversity in creating things. So, like, you could, uh, for example, my character in your game is a, uh, a uh, bard uh, into the College of Satire yeah. uh, for a few levels. Uh, and then a monk into uh, Way of the Shadow. Which yeah. allows you to do some pretty neat shenanigans from talking to people to not getting hit by anything ever. Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love playing characters that are generally bad at combat, but really good at everything else. Um, but I also love playing characters that are stupid and overpowered. So, I mean, you know, combining things into, into new little builds is always fun. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I think, one of my favorite things about D&D is just the malleableness of how you can put different classes together or even in the same class if you want to kind of play a certain way there's ways for you to do that if you you know oh, research what you want to do uh, so do you prefer to be a dm or a player i like both uh <laughs> like uh, it, it really depends um i have my own campaign which you're a part of uh, and, and you, and you know, the craziness of that one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm also part of my girlfriend's campaign, which again, you're part of that one for now. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's fun doing both. I mean, fucking with your players is always, you know, great. Oh yeah. Also fucking with the DM is also great. So I mean, <laughs> you know, it's two sides of the same coin, really. Yeah. Adam who plays Swifty, uh, who you played with in this, he, his favorite thing is fucking with the DM. His favorite thing is to sit there, <laughs> do exactly what he's not supposed to do, and then give me this look like, well, what what are you going to do about that? Huh? <laughs> and it's, honestly, as a DM, there's times when it's annoying, but for the most part, it can be a lot of fun because then coming back at him with my solution to this problem he thinks he created half the time ends up being better than anything I could have came up with, you know, without that roadblock. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's always, you know, if you have a group of people who are like, like my group, the, the group that I'm DMing for, everyone's kind of, you know, easygoing and, and easy to deal with. But I mean, like if you have that one outlier who isn't easy to deal with, you can get some really comical situations going. Oh yeah. Well that, and then you just, throw things at their character to make life a little bit more tough for them too <laughs> just purposefully exactly uh, all right so uh that's it for the first half of this uh interview we will be back with the other half in the next episode bye everybody
everybody it's your dm andrew we are back at it back into the meat of the show and i am hoping that you are enjoying this awesome guest episode with don he was fantastic i cannot wait for everybody to hear the second half uh, in two weeks uh I really hope that everybody enjoyed the special episodes that we did with the ladies from Fate and the Fable Maidens. We had an we had just an amazing time recording with them, and it was probably one of the best experiences we've had podcasting so far. If you want to check out Fate and the Fable Maidens, you can find them on all podcasting apps. So I have been playing in a campaign for Tales of Swordfall, which is a YouTube series slash podcast, and it's been a ton of fun. Got to play with a couple of awesome people, and I would really, really love it if everybody went and checked it out. You can find it either on Anchor or you can find it on YouTube by searching for Tales of Swordfall, and we are the Magenta Group. Uh, the first little story arc is called Say Yes to the Quest. And it was a ton of fun. In Tales of Swordfall, I actually got to play with an amazing player, Faye, who is from How the Quest Was Won, which we will actually have an ad for right now. A long, long time ago, in a land far away named Phylor, there were four legendary adventurers. We are the Adventurous Four, renowned across the land. Using their cunning and strength, the party defeats many monsters and saves many lives. Nick takes a fairy blade and stabs it into his other eyeball. Oh, oh my god! god. Can, can Hugo jump on my back? Do I cast Expeditious Retreat? So yeah. Like, uh, can Bob roll a d20 for me? I don't like that. I, I don't like how you ask that. D20 business. What if I rolled a one? What if I told you I just rolled a one? Come and join us weekly at How the Quest Was Won. Found anywhere where podcasts are located. Purchase not necessary. No real magic was used in the making of this podcast. All right, please, everybody, go check them out. They're an amazing podcast. But yeah, that's enough for this middle section. Let's get right back into it. Bye. So are we going to go see Boris's relatives before? My relatives? They they live and operate a logging uh, operation very close to where this community is. So yeah, you would know that the uh, Torin logging industry is is right. Torin logging. Area. We are logs. That's their slogan. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, we've got wood. <laughs> All their commercials are: you need wood, we've got wood. <laughs> More wood than you can take. <laughs> the hardest wood around. <laughs> We've got hardwood, softwood, medium wood. Boris, would you would you suggest going over there and trying to get some information, see what's going on with that, or? They're generally a bunch of. We we can try. We can definitely try. So the three of you make your way over to Torin Logging. As you come through the doors of the main office, there there is a blonde dwarvish woman sitting behind the desk and Boris you immediately recognize her as your fourth cousin twice removed Alicia Torin great what is the office made out of is it like a wood log cabin or like a oh it's all wood everything's wood it'd be funny if it was all just stone (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you know you know that this specific branch of the Torins is a little bit of a black sheep they're successful well to start with with, they're messing with wood so i mean exactly since we're a family that mostly mines gems yeah uh yeah (laughs) Yeah, it makes you a little uncomfortable even just being in this building they're actually making me feel good about myself (laughs) despite my patchy beard and current relationship issues (laughs) <laughs> so as you, uh, the three of you walk up to the counter, Alicia is not paying attention. She didn't even register that the door had opened. Didn't hear the wooden bell that rang. <laughs> I start clawing into the counter. Swifty was here. As you're doing Swifty that, kills. She, she hears the noise, and that's what finally gets her to look up. And she says, what can I do for all of- Oh, wait, Boris, what are you doing here? Hello, Alicia. Hello, Boris. What are you doing here? Well, we were just in the neighborhood. Yes, and you wanted to wish me well, I know. Yes, of course. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. No. Um, <laughs> and she looks at you, Swifty, and she says, Who are you? Read the desk. <laughs> she, she leans up and looks at the desk. It's like reading it upside down and... Yitus. Swifty. Oh. You, you read Oh, it's bad. upside down. Swifty. What kind of name is that? I'm about to show you the other half of my name. Anyways, what can I do for you, Boris? Alicia, we just, um, we were stopping by because, um, well, we, you're, you're quite near to, uh, we're looking for someone. Uh, have you seen a man that looks like this man? As you were talking, she was... She tur- She turns to look in my direction, and my guy's already invisible. <laughs> okay. So she's like, the chair. We might have a problem here. As you were talking, Boris, she, her gaze was drifting back down, and she was kind of tuning you out as she was going back to the crossword puzzle that she was working on. Don, when you disappeared, did you move at all, or do you, are you still standing in the same position? Oh, still standing right where I was. Okay, because when I notice that he's not there, I start swinging my arms at the air, but I think it's going above your head because you're too short. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to dodge the shit yeah. out of that and <laughs> yeah. swing at my guy. Yeah, and I, I feel like we don't need to make rolls for that no, just because no, you that's can just see a... it coming. And you're, you're already swinging yep. too high. <laughs> Trying to figure out what's going on. And she, she looks, Alicia looks between the two of you, Boris and Swifty, and says, I don't remember you walking in here with anybody, but if you say there's a man there, okay, Boris. Are you feeling well, Boris? Uh, <laughs> Boris is only just now looking to the to look back to where he's been pointing. Yeah, and he's like, um, and then he looks back to Swifty and he says, Horace did come in with us, right? He didn't lose Horace along the way. I don't know, man. I lost Horace. Did you say Horus? Horus. Gnomish man. Yes. He came... My guy My guy just says, says, shit, and then he goes on invisible. <laughs> this guy. This guy right here. Well, ah, yes. Her, her gaze narrows down on him. She says, I remember you. You came in and you were bugging Elizabeth. I asked politely. Okay, well, we don't have any information for in- even you, Boris. I'm not going to tell you anything. We you don't we haven't seen anyone that looks like this man and you should know more than anyone Boris that we would turn anyone like this man down the second they will walk through these doors. The gnomes never helped us any. Why should we ever help them? We were locked out of the country for like 400 years. What the hell do you want? That was a self-imposed exile and you know it. Don't give me your sad story. I've heard enough. We weren't even allowed out of the country. I couldn't, like, what the hell? So I want to try to persuade her to help us. Okay. <laughs> oh, silver tongue Swifty. Yeah, I have zero persuasion, guys, so this is all or nothing. <laughs> That'd be a nothing. <laughs> it's a two. <laughs> what do you hey, say? Hey, you lady, you should help us. She looks at you and says, fuck you. I say eat your face. How about I ask you politely, would you care to help us? And then my guy, like, shifts away, like, put both hands in front of his face. Can I roll persuasion for that? (laughs) Yeah. Sure, okay. Good thing I have expertise in persuasion. 21. Oh, shit. She looks at you and she says, I have not personally seen anyone that looks like you, sir. And furthermore, Boris, I do not want you coming back in here with your friends anymore. I wouldn't say they're my friends, first of all. <laughs> right. So this has been highly productive, I would say. So, um... Boris, let me do the talking real quick. Um, <clears throat> how about, have you seen some strange people in the woods behind your house lately? Wait. You mean those fucking weird cultists out there? I can't believe you knew they were cultists. Yes. yes. They've been, uh, they've been defiling the forest in very weird ways, and we've been trying to work with the city guard, but they keep telling us that since we're outside the city, it's not their problem. 
Of course, that's and what we talk the guards to, do. We talk to the land guard, and they tell us that we are too close to the city, and that it's not their problem. And these yeah, people, no one they likes keep, dealing with cultists. They keep trying to come and steal things from us. We've had like to kill wood. a few of them, and when we kill them, their bodies... Their bodies do very strange things. Some of them... strange. Well, one of them, it was a, a half-orc teenager at best. He, uh, he tried to come in and, and take some grain from one of our storages, and... Well, old Clancy caught him. When he took him down, the boy... He just disintegrated into acid. Melted right through the floor. We had to replace several floorboards and, and fill the indentation in with, with lead to get it to stop bubbling away. <clears throat> My guy slowly turns to Swifty and says, You hear that? Don't kill the cultists. So at this point, I am completely ignoring both Horace and the lady, and I've gone back to doodling on the desk with my claws <laughs> and i'm drawing a picture out of me eating the reception list <laughs> you're drawing a little cartoon view yeah. version of yourself eating her yeah boris boris was just suggesting that if you'd actually made the office out of stone then this would not be a problem my, my guy my guy my guy turns to swifty uh, uh, waves a hand says don't worry that, that that could probably be polished out um anyway um well, Alicia turns to Boris and says, You know that we have made our fortune off of wood, and we would not sully our reputation with stone. What would we look like to our patrons? They wouldn't they wouldn't want to deal with us anymore, knowing that we weren't completely and utterly dedicated to the wood that gives us money and life. Each makes his own decision. Okay, you've tended to you've overstayed your welcome here the three of you need to leave look we're we're, we're here we're here to deal with the damn cultists who put a hole in your house so <clears throat> well thank you for that so go kill them all for me you're gonna do that right you're just gonna go out there and kill them all we're probably not gonna kill them all but we're probably gonna get rid of them somehow so mm. we'll see we'll see good luck other people have tried have fun and she uh, she starts to come around from the back of the desk and physically try to push you guys towards the doors. <laughs> We're leaving. So the three of you, you're about an 45-minute walk from this community. And on your way there, it's now about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And... You've got a few hours till till dusk. Do you guys want to go in in the daylight? You're going to wait till it's a little bit darker. I think it'll be suspicious if we go in dead of night. Uh, since we're going to be going up and walking and talking to them, perhaps right around now would be the best idea. I'm going to go into the I'll be right back. office, is my belief. Oh, you're going in the office? Yeah, I'm going to the staff thing. Room. And then you guys are going to try to talk to your way in. down the bottom. Hmm? There, 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 is, there is a spa in the bottom. So you got a sauna there? Because I'm go, guessing that's where he's going to be. I'm going to go chillax. Well, if I can't find anything <laughs> to get into. <laughs> Have you got a brochure? Like the guy. <laughs> like a, <laughs> a guide to your <laughs> spa in the bottom floor of your office. So you once see, once you guys get inside, you do you want to leave me in the office or have me pop out? Because I have assassinate. I'm not sure if it wor it'll work if I come out of the office and then attack someone, but like it might be smarter to leave me in there until you hit the shit, and then if you need me, you can like pull me as a hidden dagger. Yeah, we have we have a we have a, a swifty I choose you moment. Yeah, yeah, sorta. Because honestly, if I'm in the position where I can talk to these people, I'm gonna cause you guys problems. Yeah. Yeah. Chaotic evil does that. <laughs> it's the chaotic part. So that works for me for a plan if it works for you guys. Uh, Boris is largely just deferring to the level 10 gnome who's looking for his brother and 
seems to have considerably more knowledge about what's going on. Boris is good at taking orders. <laughs> and helping. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay, guys, here's the plan. Here's the plan. Swifty, and that that moment my guy hits him over the head with the staff, putting him inside of it. Do I get a line for, like, going into the... Almost choked. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fucking gnome! <laughs> so, yeah, as Swifty, like, disappears into the staff, you just hear, fucking gnome! Don, why don't you go ahead and, and describe what Swifty sees when he, he enters this rod? Well, the first thing you see is a is a path up towards a building on a hill, surrounded by trees. You are standing outside uh, at the edge of a cliff that goes off into darkness. Uh, it is a sunny day, uh, no clouds in the sky in this place whatsoever, and at the top of the hill is a is a generic looking office building, something you'd see at like downtown L.A. It's like a 10 or 20 story tall building, like a mirror, mirror finish and all the glass. And outside you see a single window washer hanging from about the fifth story, just washing away at one of the windows. What is the window washer? Like what? Uh, he looks a like a, it looks like a human man in overalls. Okay. It's Barry. It's his half part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bard. Can't bring him that much money. Are you going to do something here? Yeah, I'm going to do an investigation check on basically as much as I can see. Okay. Like, try if I can determine, because I can see valuables when I enter a room. I would say from the outside of a building, you're not going to be able to figure out where the valuables But I'd be able to determine room. there's nothing of value outside. Oh, outside, yeah. Is yeah, my, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It is just a nicely mowed lawn with a few trees 14 yeah you don't find anything i was gonna say if you nat 20 that i was gonna say like you find something in the grass or something <laughs> like just make something up there <laughs> does this office have a bonus room at all a bonus room and then i'm going to go into the office and i'm going to start searching room by room for whatever i can find automatic sliding glass doors on the outside as you go in <laughs> damn this i didn't expect it to be there this is big. a there is a receptionist behind the desk as you walk in who says how can I help you? A manned office. This yeah. is impressive. Oh. Hello, how how can I how can I help you? So I'm going to walk up to your receptionist and be like, Where is the good stuff? I don't know to what you're referring to. Are you here escorted by Horace? Yes, Horace sent me in to get something. Uh nothing in this compound can actually leave. Uh what 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 are you here for? I assume you're here for information. No, no, he sent me for an artifact, I think. You 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 hear her you hear a button press from behind the uh the uh counter. And uh at that point she says, "What do you wait here a moment?" Okay. About 5 minutes pass before two burly men in blue clothing with dark blue hats on come and grab you by both arms and says, "We're taking you downstairs." Is downstairs good stuff? I, I go willingly with them as of now. <laughs> We're going to cut back over to outside <laughs> while this is happening with Swifty. Boris and Horace, you've reached the front gate of this community, and standing outside, there are two guards. One is a half-orc, looks to be middle-aged, pretty buff, pretty well-stacked, long, dark, black hair with a braid, and he uh, he's holding a very large scimitar. The other guard is a elven man, very, very skinny. He is young-ish. I mean, it can be hard to determine sometimes because they hit a certain point and then they just don't seem to age for a long time until they're very old. So he's at least of maturity. He doesn't wear anything to de neither of them really are wearing anything. They're actually uh, anything to denote class or age. They're actually just wearing very simple tunics with a symbol that Boris to you is very familiar in a way. 
but you haven't seen this specific symbol. It is almost the exact same symbol as the Church of the Open Eye. It's just the eye, instead of just being a simple open eye with a few flourishes, it is the eye surrounded by a eight-pointed star. So you would assume, Boris, that this is a offshoot or at least some sort of related cult to the Church of the Open Eye. Seeing that uh, that symbol on their on their breast, can I make a uh, can I use minor illusion to create one on my breast as well? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna minor illusion one on my breast, and then I'm going to use detect thoughts, one of my second level spells, and go ahead and read their surface thoughts as we approach. Yeah. Also, there's no wisdom saving throws for surface thoughts. It's only if I delve deeper. Wow. Damn. Wow. Damn. I hope you don't try to delve deeper then, because I just rolled two fucking nat twenties. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, my, my my guy never delves deeper than detect thoughts first, because that's suicide. Okay. Good. Because <laughs> with two different dice too. <laughs> I am so glad that, that my guy doesn't delve deeper with this spell because that would suck. <laughs> so yeah, the surface thoughts of these two guys, as you're coming up, the orc is thinking about ham, just every possible way that ham can be prepared. And he, you can tell that he doesn't even really register that the three of you are approaching. But the elf, on the other hand, is completely focused on the three of you. And he's thinking, who are these guys? What are, what's going on with these guys? I see a dwarf. I see a gnome that looks oddly familiar. And I see, well, I wonder what's happening with these. But yeah, the, the half orc is, just, is all ham all the time. I was thinking Boris might also be fractionally thinking of ham right now. <laughs> It's a wrap, people.